Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon, live from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. And my partner, James Salinas, is along via Denver, Colorado, as we take you through the next three hours, diving into the big game. Super Bowl 56 will take place at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles a week from now. The Cincinnati Bengals, of course, and the Los Angeles Rams. James, good to be with you as always, my friend. Now, we've had about a week to digest the championship games and this entire playoff tournament, if you will. What is going through your head now, a week before the grand finale? How are you trying to assess what we've seen and where we are now heading into the Rams and the Bengals? First off, Brady, it was good to take a few days off and be away from football. We know we've got two weeks from last sat, from last Sunday's conference championship games until we actually kick the ball next Sunday for Super Bowl 56. And sometimes you just need as a better. And we know this was a long season. It was an extra extra week within the season, too. And sometimes it's better, at least for me, Brady. I got to just decompress a little bit, step back away and and find other things in my life to get to get into again and then come back around and start digging into the Super Bowl matchup. So kind of reflecting on how those championship games went and thinking really not only the championship games, but also the divisional rounds and how each one of those games in a sense almost came down to the last play or the last score for each game. And so really exciting finishes for the most part for all of those games. And I think for, for these teams now moving forward for both the Rams and the Bengals really being battle tested from a mental aptitude standpoint and thinking, okay, you they've had a lot of highs and lows, not obviously through the, a long grind of the NFL regular season, but through the play, and when you when you're up thinking about how the Rams were in their divisional game had a big lead at halftime and then saw that lead dwindle and be squandered away late in the fourth quarter at Tampa Bay and then ultimately win that game but then last week in the conference championship being down late in the game going into the fourth quarter with the deficit and having to come back so keeping their mind right for those games and same thing with the Bengals I mean that that it looked like the Bengals were finished at halftime of that AFC championship game in Kansas City 
a down three scores and being able to stay there, hold the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead to three points, not giving up, not folding up, not folding out there and feeling like, all right, well, we've had a great season. It was a great run. No one expected us to be here, but keeping their mental capacity through all the ups and downs of what we've seen through the playoffs. I think that's probably what my biggest takeaway was for both of these teams, just the mental toughness that we've seen play out in the playoffs. James, you and I talked about it last week. As soon as the Los Angeles Rams had finished off the San Francisco 49ers and we knew what our Super Bowl matchup was, we immediately talked about the line of scrimmage and that Rams pass rush versus the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Cincinnati was 30th in the league in protecting the quarterback, giving up 3.2 sacks per game. The Los Angeles Rams were third in the league in sacking the opposing quarterback at 2.9 times per game. Now, since he can get after the quarterback too, but the Rams are fifth in the NFL in protecting the quarterback, only allowing 1.8 sacks per game. Now, a week has gone by since we first recognized this apparent mismatch on the line of scrimmage. And where do you stand now having a week uh, to have kind of molded over a little bit, James? And, you know, obviously the Bengals are aware of this, too. So do you think that they can make adjustments in order to keep Joe Burrow upright and give enough uh, give him enough time to throw? Thinking about from last year's Super Bowl, Brady, that was the biggest deciding factor for me in Super Bowl 55 with the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Bucks of why I took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that Super Bowl, both with the points, with the money line, Tom Brady MVP, the whole thing, was because of that offensive line and the state of what it was looking like for the Chiefs having to go into that matchup against that front seven for Tampa Bay. And I just couldn't get past the fact that For Kansas City, it was a a mass unit up front. They had suffered a number of injuries. They lost a couple linemen through the playoffs. And it's just hard when you don't have that sense of of chemistry up front at the line of scrimmage, especially when you're going to be taking on a defensive front, in that case, there against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And and for the Chiefs, it really felt like that was kind of being dismissed last year in the in the lead up to Super Bowl 55 last year was oh it's still Patrick Mahomes and they're back in the Super Bowl again and and because I I think the consensus of of where the plays were and the bets were coming from they were coming on Kansas City but I just couldn't get past that matchup at the line of scrimmage and ultimately we saw the the Mahomes running for what he run for like 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage some obscene number with him just being chased around all day long now that said here with the Bengals yeah they've had a, a few injuries throughout the season but we knew this offensive line for Cincinnati was going to be the weak link for this offensive unit coming into the season and they've definitely met expectations and played even below that I think I think for Joe Burrow having been sacked over 50 times a season he is the first quarterback to lead his team to the Super Bowl having been sacked 50-plus times in a season. So a credit to, uh, we talked about the toughness and the mental toughness. We know Joe Burrow, physically tough kid, but a really mentally tough kid, too, just keeps picking himself up, taking a beating. He's a physical player. He played defense in high school. He he was available for a corner to play corner in college as well. He just plays with that kind of mentality, and I think within his competitive DNA, he's just not one that looks to, he's not looking for the sideline. He's not looking for the ground. He wants to compete and fight on each and every play. But here, that's it. that's part of where I'm going with as I continue to dive through, and we'll talk about it throughout the show and over the next week and a half as far as the matchup is concerned for that weakness of Cincinnati matching up against that front and that pass rush for the L.A. Rams. Yeah, it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to factor in my handicap because it is the biggest match mismatch out there on the field. 
Uh, if you look at the Cincinnati offensive line, you talked about the Chiefs in last year's Super Bowl. Of course, they were uh, banged up with injury across that offensive line. Not the case for Cincinnati. They've got one offensive lineman uh, who's listed as questionable, but he did have a full practice on Thursday, uh, did not practice on Friday, and that is Jackson Carmen. He looks uh, okay a guard for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Los Angeles Rams do have some injuries that are worth noting as well. Joe Note. Boom, uh, an offensive lineman, Andrew Whitworth, their best offensive lineman right now is listed as questionable. He has not practiced all week long, and Noteboom is listed as doubtful. Uh, looks like they'll probably get Taylor Rapp back. He's missed a few games now with a concussion. Their safety, Cam Akers a little bit banged up. Their running back, he's listed as questionable. Tyler Higby, of course, is a question mark. Their tight end. But uh, the Rams' uh, offensive line also you know, not necessarily because of it's a because it's a weak point of their game, uh, James. But they are they are subject to injury news here, unlike the Bengals. Yeah, and I think for the Rams up front, we've seen the shift from McVeigh over the last few years of what they look like prior to the zone running scheme that was really heavily influenced from his days in the Shanahan era, and, and this is what that looked like for the Rams going into the Super Bowl the last time, and they were there just a few years ago, but going to get Matthew Stafford. They didn't bring Matthew Stafford in and give up all that draft capital and make that trade the way that they did to have him hand the football off consistently. They know it's definitely turned into it. It's still going to run a lot of the the play-action concepts that McVay wants to run, but this is a pass-first team in my mind. And with that offensive line, they're built for that. They're, they're built that way. They're a pass block. It's not a very physical offensive line. They've struggled to run the football. They've definitely struggled throughout the playoffs rushing the football for any consistency. So I think for that Rams, it's all about pass protection. And I think, can they hold up with this Bengals defense in that defensive front? The Bengals do not blitz. They are the lowest. They, they That defense for the Cincinnati Bengals has the lowest blitz rate in the league during the regular season at just 19%. So if the, the fact is for the Bengals, can they get any kind of consistent pressure on Matthew Stafford in the pass game with just their front four? Because we've seen it. We've seen it throughout the playoffs. Cincinnati does a lot of different things. And I know we'll be able to get into a lot more of the X's and O's talk as we progress through the program today, Brady. But they do a lot of different interesting things in that back seven with their secondary. Because a lot of times they are dropping into a lot of coverage, letting some of the new free agents like Trey Hendrickson, for one, who's been sensational this year coming over from New Orleans to get after the quarterback rushing that edge. So I think there's... uh, that be that in my mind for Cincinnati it's not only the pass rush up front but the different looks that we're going to see out of that secondary because this is not just a simple trendy team that's going to play a lot of a lot of cover two or a lot of cover three they mix it up quite a bit they'll mix up a lot of different fronts and a lot of looks up before pre before the ball is snapped and shift into a number of different coverages so I think that's something to really look at and we'll be able to to dissect as we progress but I think that's going to be an interesting matchup not so much the quarterbacks, but how both of these teams are going to defend those passers on the back end. Let's talk about the line on the game itself. It opened up Rams minus three and a half. Some books started at Rams minus four, but whatever the case, we saw immediate movement towards the Rams side. The total opened up at 50, and we saw that immediately be bet down towards the under. Were you surprised how the market reacted early, James, by the movement on either the side or the total? 
Not really. I think we see that typically as soon as the line gets posted, we know uh, there's some smart money out there that's going to jump on those lines right away and they're going to see some shifts and that's what the books are going to do. And they'll, they'll reset the market and adjust based on some of the respected money that comes in where they want to go with both the side and the total. I think here now we've seen that early movement as far as early in the week went, now it's kind of settled. Now it comes into what does next week look like, second week, especially as the public starts to trickle into Las Vegas. We know come come latter part of next week, it's going to get pretty wild and crazy out there, Brady. So that's what I'm interested in is how is that going to impact both the side and the total as far as the line's concerned. Yeah, this is the one game, James, where the public comes in in such volume that they could actually move numbers. Typically during the regular season, we don't see the recreational better move a number that's usually left to the sharps and the big money players but you've got so much volume from the public for the big game they can actually overwhelm the sharp money and move that line we will see we will come back and dive deeper into super bowl 56 the rams and the Bengals, as we roll on on the pro football blitz right here at v sin the sports betting network Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
Do you have questions about betting the Super Bowl? Wondering about how to hedge? Or maybe you're looking for an unusual prop or insights from one of our hosts? Well, the VSIN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at vsin.com slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by our experts on the air or at vsin.com. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you back inside the Pro Football Blitz. James, let's dive a little deeper into this matchup, the Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals coming up Sunday, February 15th at SoFi Stadium, Super Bowl 56. I made the Rams minus three and a half, and I did that way back when prior to conference championship weekend when I was looking at the possible Super Bowl matchups. I made the Rams three and a half over the Cincinnati Bengals. And then when I do my stats crunches, I came out with Rams minus nine and a half and Rams minus two. So obviously a lot of discrepancy there, but my assessments of the line, two out of the three would have me pointing towards the underdog. Right now we are at Rams minus four and a half with a total of 48 and a half. What are your thoughts, James? And have you played anything yet? Or are you waiting for maybe this line to see some more movement and possibly put yourself in a better position? I have not made a single Super Bowl bet as of yet. And I typically don't unless there was something that I was interested in, maybe the total and playing the over. Right now, I'm leaning towards the under. And I'm not going to play it now sitting at 48 and a half because you talked about the public starting to trickle in over the course of the of week number two leading up to the Super Bowl. And, and the fact that the volume comes in, and we know a lot of times uh, – People like the over. They want to bet. They want to see action, and and it's no fun betting unders. And uh, you know, it's never over until it's under. We know that. But I, <laughs> I think Brady, I'm not going to play as of right now because I'm going to see if I can get a better number. Because as I was going through and again looking at the defenses for both teams, in particular on the back end, because the, the passing games are so strong. You think about Joe Burrow, an incredible. It just it, it's remarkable what he's done. Not only as a second year player and a young player, but the fact that he came off a devastating knee injury the latter part of his rookie season last year, question marks, at least for me, Brady, was when, when was he going to be able to get back out there on the field? Really, he started roughly eight months removed from major reconstructive knee surgery. And yeah, it took him a little while. We know he really had a tough game in Chicago. I think that was week two in Soldier Field. Struggle had three interceptions, I believe, in that game. But but it took him a little while to get his legs under him. But ultimately, the the thinking about what he's done in such a short period of time, the leadership traits that he has out there, and I think so much of it just speaks to his the toughness that he displays out there on the field and the fact that he doesn't get too high or too low. I mean, I, thinking about that game against Tennessee – in the divisional round where he was sacked nine times. Now, some of that was due to Joe Burrow holding onto the football too long. And again, that competitive DNA that he has, Brady, just not wanting to let a ball go. All right, here comes the rush. Let me just throw the ball away. And there was a couple of instances where it took them out of field goal range. So it was, it was impactful offensively, not only taking the sacks, obviously, but the fact that he was taking those instead of throwing the football away, which could have been in the way that McPherson's been kicking the ball for Cincinnati, taking them out of field goal range. But I think for me, looking for both of these teams here, I don't know if I'm going to get to a side. You, uh, typically, I'm going to be looking at the dog side and getting that four and a half and maybe even playing the money line as well. But I, I think as we continue to go on, this is real similar to last year 
for me and looking at, I always start with my breakdowns of the games, Brady, and it starts right at the line of scrimmage and who has the matchup edge on both sides of the football for, for said team. And here I'm probably right now, I can't get past the fact that I just don't like this. I haven't liked this offensive line all season long for the Cincinnati Bengals. Love Joe Burrow and what he can do, but this is going to be a completely different front that he's going to face in that Rams defense. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get myself past the fact that this is just a bad mashup up front for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's interesting to consider the number as far as the side in this game, James. Our friend Ralph Michaels at Cal Sports LV on Twitter, he posted a spreadsheet with all the numbers playoff games have fallen on over the past seven seasons. And the game landing on five as far as the margin of victory has happened more often than the game falling on one, two, four, or an eight-point margin. And I think there's a chance, you talked about the public coming into town and liking to bet the favorite and the over. I think there's a chance that this game could close five. And so does that provoke some food for thought? You have yet to make a uh, a bet on this game. If it gets to five, which has become one of the more popular numbers that games have fallen on in the playoffs over the last seven years, as pointed out by Ralph, And with the changes to the game, longer extra point, more attempts to go for two, uh, the going for it on fourth down, five is not the dead number that it once used to be. Right. And it is. I think so much of that is predicated on the fact that they did move back the PAT X amount of years ago, and it has impacted the decision, not only for the kickers being able to make that consistently, which has become such a struggle, but I think that the fact that these kickers have struggled the way that they have making those PATs from 33 yards out now to say kicking it from the 23-yard line. Uh, it's it's impacted how they actually approach field goals because I just feel like there's such a lack of confidence with kickers. How many times do we see the kicker go out and it's like, oh, man, this is not what I want to see. I'd much rather see him going forward on fourth down. I don't want to rely on this guy's leg. Outside of McPherson right now, Brady, he's been sensational. Here's a rookie. He probably is a rookie and probably doesn't know he shouldn't be kicking to this form and the level of how he's performed so far in the playoffs. 12 for 12 thus far in the three games for the Cincinnati Bengals in the postseason with his field goals made and attempted. Uh, He's been incredible as well as the game winner. We know that big game winner from over 50 yards in Tennessee. I I think for the number five, it is really interesting now to think of it because it was a dead number. If you had four and a half, you're thinking, all right, well, that's as good as, in a sense, five and a half because we know the, the key number of six was far greater than what it was back in the day when it came to the number five. Uh, so I think it could be. I'm probably not going to get there with the Rams and laying that kind of number. I think more so for me, it's uh, where when I'm focused either on a side or on a total, I'm probably not going to bet both. And it just because it's the Super Bowl doesn't mean that, well, it's Super Bowl, it's the last game of the year, let's have some action, want to have the side or the total, because I don't want to put myself in a place where if I'm trying to get myself out of a bet and I'm playing in-game, and I think that's the beauty now that we have uh, live wagering on any game, let alone the Super Bowl, is if you are if you don't like where your position is as the game's progressing, you see something that's playing out, you can sometimes be able to get yourself out of a bet cheaply and or be able to get a plus price sometimes and even cash a little bit money but depending on how the game flow goes here with the Super Bowl the fact that I'm leaning definitely towards this total has me saying it's going to be if I'm liking the under here that's usually correlated with taking the underdog 
It's uh, also interesting to note that the Cincinnati Bengals have only lost two games this entire season by more than three points. Now, they did lose the final game in Week 18 by more than three points, but I don't count that one as the majority of their starters and star players were not suited up for that meaningless game in Week 18. The Rams, meanwhile, they lost five games, and those were by an average of 12 or more points does that have you thinking? I know you know I like to play a lot of teasers. You like to kind of manipulate the spread and play some alternate lines. The way the Bengals have kept it close in their losses and the Rams losing by double digits in their losses, does that have you possibly considering a alternate line like Bengals minus three and a half, Bengals minus seven and a half, Bengals minus ten and a half? Obviously, the <laughs> odds get better and better and juicier uh, the bigger you know, but the bigger you go on that number. But I think that also ties into the fact that you know how it is in the playoffs. You just pick the winner, and typically you're going to have a spread winner. So maybe if you do like the Bengals a little bit, maybe you take a shot at six to one on minus you know seven and a half or something like that. Yeah, I think for me, I'm probably not going to be looking to chase any big big payout odds that way and have like a little lottery ticket in my pocket in a sense. You talked about the Rams and some of those games where they are blown out. They had that three-game stretch, and it was that that Sunday night against Tennessee where Tennessee had just lost Derrick Henry, and oh, how was Tennessee even going to be able to compete anymore that they just lost the, the main player on their offense? And that was the night Tennessee got all over Stafford, the pick six, and looking rattled. The next week they play on that Monday night game in San Francisco. Do the Rams absolutely dominated with that rushing game from San Francisco and buried them. They had the bye week. All right, did they get things figured out and fixed? They come off the bye week and they go to Lambeau. And I know they only lost. The final score was 36 to 28, but that game was nowhere near that close. It it felt like Green Bay dominated from start to finish. We saw some miscommunication on the back end with the Rams and their secondary, and they just looked totally unprepared, especially for the fact that they were coming off the bye, and then they were able to write themselves that the latter part of the season progressed until they faced San Francisco again in Week 18. Uh, this Rams team is not a team, it's, it's, and I've been saying it all season, Brady, as we've gone throughout the season with the Pro Football Blitz, that I'm not in love with this Rams team. I know there's a lot of star power on it, and they've got some tremendous Hall of Fame caliber players that we know will be first ballot Hall of Famers, Vaughn Miller now in the mix, and Aaron Donald, uh, potentially Matthew Stafford too, but that said, they've just, they're more of a finesse soft team to me, and when we get to finesse teams like this, it's not a team that I always feel comfortable backing, especially when we're talking about having to lay a number like this here at four and a half, or maybe it gets to five. So again, I'm leaning towards the dog in this matchup, uh, but more so, I really am going to be focused in on the total. All right, when we come back, I've got one more little nugget for you as far as uh, this game and some trends and that type of thing, and then we'll get into our game show. Consider it, book it, or drop it is next up here on the Pro Football Blitz. Stick with us. We'll be right back. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game, and right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vcin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. 
James, uh, we were talking about the margin of victory or the margin of loss in the losses for the Cincinnati Bengals versus that of the Los Angeles Rams in the last segment. And it looks like maybe a little advantage there for the Bengals. Uh, They didn't lose by much when they lost. The Rams lost by a lot. When they did, Uh, this is another one I heard from our friend Chris Zanuck at Las Vegas Chris on Twitter, frequent guest here on VEASAN and also a loyal listener to the Pro Football Blitz. After the wild card round, for the last 19 years, an underdog that opened getting more than a field goal, so getting plus three and a half or greater for the opening number, that underdog is 56, 37, and 1 against the spread. That's 60% of the time, and that also includes 10 and 1 against the spread in the Super Bowl. And, of course, that applies to the Bengals here, opening as 3.5 or 4-point underdogs. Pretty interesting. And I think those numbers kind of speak to why I'm usually gravitating towards underdogs, whether it's regular season, postseason, Super Bowl. And I think the one thing about the Super Bowl, Brady, that we see these underdogs show up, this isn't like the 80s when we were growing up watching the Super Bowl, when it was just the the one-way street from the NFC. I mean, I live here in Denver, Brady, and it was three out of the four years I was in high school, it was the Denver Broncos just getting boat raced in those Super Bowls and it really weren't very entertaining games for such a long time. But I think the one thing to, to factor in, and we'll know this next week, all the hype will come through and the media day and all the weird questions and all the talk and all the consistent questions. I think that will be asked of the Cincinnati Bengals team is as that underdog they're, they're going to be hearing about it. They're going to be hearing about it, how the Rams' defensive line is going to be better than their offensive line. All the star power that was moved over on the Rams, all the chips are in the middle. They're all in this season for the L.A. Rams to win the Super Bowl. And on paper, they're going to have the better roster. Well, these guys are competitors, too, on the other side. And I think these competitors, you know, their competitive pride kicks in, and they get tired of hearing about it. And they feel like, hey, this, let's hurry up and get to the Sunday because we can't wait to kick the ball and show you how we can perform. So just another reason, and you the numbers bear that out too, Brady, the fact that uh, it's one reason why I'm usually the first side I'm looking when I'm looking at a game. What is the number on the underdog? It could also go back to what we're talking about, the phenomenon of the volume of public interest. If they come in and do as they typically do where they load up on the favorite, maybe that is inflating that number on the favorite a little bit, and that's why the underdogs have had such good success. I don't know. You can't necessarily explain it, I guess, but we can certainly theorize about why that has come true uh, for the last 19 years now. Again, when that underdog opens at greater than a field goal, or more in the playoffs after the wild card round. All right, time to play America's favorite game show. It is Consider It, Book It, or Drop It. Okay, you know the routine here. I'm going to read his player's stat sheet. James is going to try and guess who that player is. I will reveal the mystery player, and then we will decide if we want to consider, book, or drop making a bet on it. And we're going to do anytime touchdown odds here, James. This is for the Super Bowl 56, anytime touchdown by a particular player. And I will start with player number one. In his three playoff games, this player has rushed for two touchdowns already on just 36 total rushing yards. And when this team is down at the goal line, they are eager to squeeze this player across the goal line with their powerful offensive line. His odds to score anytime touchdown in the Super Bowl set at plus 650. 
powerful offensive line. Uh, are we talking about – are there another team in this game besides the Rams and the Bengals, Brady? Because I don't think either of these teams are powerful offensive lines. They're just talking about Andrew Whitworth. Just just Andrew Whitworth. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's the guy behind that offensive line. Already has two right. rushing touchdowns, Matthew Stafford. So, Anytime touchdown, not passing. He's got to run it in. Uh, anytime right. touchdown for Matthew Stafford at plus 650. Well, they have to get to the goal line. I mean, they're going to have to be inside the one for them to be able to do that. So you have to have a lot of things happen for the offense for the Rams to get down. They're not that they can't get there. And, uh, but I think it speaks to the fact that they just don't have that consistency with the, at the running back position. Cam Akers was supposed to be that guy coming into the season, but he got hurt during, he got hurt during the summer and tore his Achilles and great job to him to be able to rehab and get back. Usually that's a season season. You're gone for the season. You get hurt at that time of the year, but they just haven't been able to punch it in. So it's had to be Matthew Stafford and, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm not going to play that one because you've got to get down to the one yard line for that to happen. And, and too many things have to go to, to, to there's too many pieces that have to fall in place for that to happen, for the Rams to be in that position for Matthew Stafford to punch that in there. And and yeah, that be even though that is such a powerful offensive line, facetiously <laughs> said for the L.A. Rams and their rushing attack, uh, it's not one that I, I probably won't consider it. You know, I might take a look at him at a much juicier price, let's say 30 to 1, to score the first touchdown of the game or something like that. But, uh, you know, because that's, that's a crapshoot and you get a nice number, but, you know, plus 650, not real attractive for Matthew Stafford to punch it in for me. All right, player number two in three playoff games, this player has only made it to the end zone once, and that was off of a 43-yard reception. He had a huge performance in the championship game, and he may see an increased workload for the Super Bowl. The odds for this player to score an anytime touchdown are 4-1. to one. T. Higgins? Samaj P. Ryan. That's a tough one. P. Ryan. Kind of the backup yeah, a- running back, if you will, backup to Joe Mixon. But he is very good at catching balls out of the backfield. Yeah, he's a third down back, basically, is what it is. And and when he comes in on third down, now you're going to have to be in the red zone. Now, I know he did have that one, that, that big score against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Really, I think they caught him off guard. I suppose it's some bad, really some bad tackling in space by the Chiefs in the secondary that led to that touchdown. But for for P. Ryan, I just don't see enough of him being on the field, getting enough opportunities, considering he is that third down back. And if you're going to be in that red zone, uh, things get tighter and bunched up. So for him to be able to score, it's going to have to come out like it did 40 plus yards against Kansas City. And in this matchup here, I just don't know. I think in the red zone, that's where the struggles are going to consistently be for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I don't know how many. I think I think Cincinnati's going to have a hard time putting some balls in the end zone. And I think Piran will be, uh, be part of that struggle, too. So for me, that's not one I'd consider. The Cincinnati Bengals in the regular season ranked 17th in the NFL in red zone offense. And the Los Angeles Rams at 15th. So both teams very average. In the red zone. All right, player number three to score an anytime touchdown. This player has never reached the end zone this postseason, and he's only rushed for a total of 28 yards. With the pressure he can face in the Super Bowl, this player may have to use his legs more than he's used to. The odds for this guy to score an anytime touchdown during the Super Bowl, five to one. Okay, well, five to one. He hasn't played, he hasn't reached it this season. He's only got 28 yards. We expect him to be a lot under a lot of pressure. Uh, so we're talking about Joe Burrow. Joe then. Burrow, indeed, yes. 
Yeah, and I think for Burrow, I know he had a, a big game rushing the football in that AFC Championship game against Kansas City. But really, I think it, it, he was still under pressure. It's just Kansas City is not nearly as athletic getting after the quarterback. Chris Jones is a terrific pass rusher, but they're not nearly as athletic. I think I think he, his escapability was on display in that game. We didn't see it the week before in Tennessee taking those nine sacks. I think here, the speed of that Rams front, you talk about Vaughn Miller and Floyd on the other side, I think those guys are too fast. This is not something where I think – I. I I'm not going to consider it with Burrow. I, I think in this matchup here, the speed of those pass rushers is going to be a challenge for Burrow to es- his escapability at being able to get not only get outside the pocket, but then be able to extend plays with his legs. I don't like it. I drop it. Yeah, the Rams, third in the league at getting after the quarterback. The Chiefs were 29th in the league at sacking the quarterback. So a big difference there from last week to next week. All right, one more. We'll squeeze it in here. As a group, they have not reached the end zone this postseason. However, they have come close. Seemingly, this group should cause some chaos in the Super Bowl against a less experienced opponent. The odds for this unit to score an anytime touchdown is 4-1. to one. Got to be the L.A. Rams defense. Rams defense, exactly. So four to one. Do you think there will be a pick six, a fumble, a scoop and score, that type of thing? If anything, it might be more so. We saw we saw it with Von Miller in the Super Bowl back in Super Bowl Fifty, MVP coming off that edge and getting out there and putting some pressure on the quarterback and knocking down Cam Newton. And we know Joe Burrow's propensity; he's not going to be looking to get rid of the football. He hangs onto that football for quite a while, maybe potentially. But the number's too short, Brady. Just sitting at four to one, it's too short for me to consider. The only thing I like about it is you get a full 11 players that can possibly turn this into a touchdown for you, right? But uh, I'm with you, a little short at 4-1. to So I'm not really thrilled about any of those. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan, I think, is interesting. But again, he's pretty short at 4-1 to as well. I don't know, Dan, you can't get us to buy on any of those this week. Maybe we're dropping all four, James. (laughs) When we come back, we will bring in a guest and get a new perspective on the big game coming up in Los Angeles. We roll on here on the Pro Football Blitz at v What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. Join our own Stormy Bonantoni on Friday at 6 p.m. for the big game betting and beers event at the South Point Casino right here in Las Vegas. Stormy will be joined by our guys in the desert, Chris Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, and Vinny Malayulo for a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game. Stories from behind the book about all the action these legends have seen over the years. The event is free for anyone over 21 years of age, so stop by the South Point on Friday, 6 p.m. to get free samples of book Maker Blonde Ale specials on Budweiser, and you can purchase signed copies of Chris Andrews' books and learn from these bookmaking experts. Should be a fun time, a tradition unlike any other betting and beers at the South Point before the big game. And it's starting to become a tradition now with Richard Skinner joining us. This is the second time, I believe, this season he has now joined us on the Pro Football Blitz. He's a digital sports columnist, editor, and anchor for WKRC-TV in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, quite a uh, celebratory town right now, Richard. Uh, I believe it was just a couple weeks ago we were speaking with you about this Bengals team, and boy, what a magical run it's been. I mean, they were 30 to 1 shots to win the division prior to the season. They did that. They swept the Ravens, they swept the Steelers. Here they are in the big game and boy, I mean, uh, you know, one legend departs the game and Tom Brady retiring and it looks like we have a new one emerging in Joe Burrow. It's been pretty incredible. I think the day before the regular season started depending on what sports book you might have looked at, Bengals were anywhere from 150 to 1 to 200 to 1. To, to win the Super Bowl, and that's probably accurate. That was among the highest odds of, of any team, and understandably so. I mean, they'd gone 30 years without a playoff win. They'd won six games in, in two seasons. And you're right. It, this, this, this feels like one of those Cinderella runs, although I, I say that with a grain of salt because they did upgrade the roster in the offseason. You just didn't know to what extent that was going to work out, and you didn't know to what extent Joe Burrow's knee was going to come back, and you didn't know to what extent Jamar Chase was going to, to make an impact on this football team, and all those things have come to fruition and yet you know you look at these three playoff games and you could argue all three they could have and probably should have lost including to the Raiders in, in, in the you know the game one of the playoffs when Jermaine Pratt intercepts him at the goal line you know that goes to overtime or Rich Passaccia tries a two-point conversion who knows where that thing goes and yet you look up and a field goal win and a field goal win and you're in the Super Bowl it is it is pretty crazy to think about because this team is probably this team is not he was not a complete team yet. It needs some help on the offensive line. It probably needs another playmaker on that defense. But, you know, that's the thing. If you get in the playoffs, I think it's the proof of better take advantage of your opportunities because you never know when you're going to get them and, and how breaks are going to work and, and how some things will fall for you, and you better take advantage of it. And, Richard, definitely the Cincinnati Bengals have been able to do that and put themselves in position to be in this big game next Sunday. 
thinking about Joe Burrow, that offensive line. I know next week there'll be plenty of talk about the offensive line for Cincinnati matched up against that great pass rush from the L.A. Rams. But I want to get your perspective on maybe a game plan change. What is that going to look like? Quicker passes, shorter passes for Burrow to get the ball out of his hands quicker. We know he wants to hold on to that ball and make big plays down the field to his weapons, but... Thinking about the game plan for this matchup coming in for Cincinnati offensively in the passing game, and do you have an update on the tight end position, C.J. Uzama? Is he going to be available? What's his status going to be? And if he's not there, how does that impact that passing game for Joe Burrow? Yeah, I'll I'll start with that one and work my way backwards. Um, He has not practiced yet. Um, They're hoping to get him out on Monday. They'll fly fly out on Tuesday and then then practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in, in L.A., they're hoping to get him on the field at some point on Monday and see how it, it works. I think that's the litmus test. If you don't, if he's not back in any way, shape, or form, even on a limited basis on Monday, I think that he probably is a long shot to play at that point. And I thought it affected them greatly in the Kansas City game. There were a couple of times, and you you know you could see replays or you could see plays unfolding where Drew Sample, who's the the backup tight end, is really more of a blocker. He just doesn't create the separation in the pass game that that CJ Uzama does, and. Um, I think that was a big, big loss for them in that game. I think it affected them at times in that game as they tried to come back. Um, as for the game plan changes, I, I thought they made a couple of them in Kansas City. They, they do like to go with, with empty sets. They do like to go with five-man routes and protect with five. And they did that at times against the Chiefs effectively well, but there were also times where they went with two-man routes and Max protected and three-man routes and Max protected. And it, it seemed to give Joe Burrow a little bit more time to, to find a T. Higgins in a seam, to find Jamar Chase on a corner route. So I think they did a pretty good job of that. But the Chiefs also couldn't rush up the middle the way Tennessee did. And lo and behold, here come the Rams with guess who's in the middle of that defense, arguably the best defensive lineman at that tackle position in a long, long time in Aaron Donald. This feels like facing the Titans rush all over again, only on steroids. And, and the Titans got him nine times. So, I, I think some of it is to match protect a little bit more, turn to the running game a little bit more. They, they've not been great running the football in the playoffs, but they've they've had their moments. Um, I think those are some of the changes they make, but they will win some five-man routes, and they're going to have to trust guys up front to win one-on-ones, blocking five against five. And no offense, I ain't blocking Aaron Donald one-on-one if I can help it. Richard, uh, of course, it, James made the point, and it's uh, going to be a point that's hammered home all week long and already has been, and that's the offensive line of Cincinnati versus the pass rush of the Rams. And obviously the Bengals are very well aware of that as well. And you kind of alluded to it there in your last answer, the running game. Do you think they also go to – I just have a weird feeling that Samaje Ryan might play a bigger role in this Super Bowl than what we have seen really on a regular basis throughout the season. Now, he had that big touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs, but he's been very good at catching balls out of the backfield, and so has Joe Mixon as well. The Bengals' uh, offense is very good at throwing passes to the backs out of the backfield. And if they are going to be rushed for time, I think that little screen pass, dump off, check off to the running back, might be a play that they might employ on offense to keep uh, that defensive line of the Rams out of Joe Burrow's back pocket. Yeah, and I think that's more more towards Joe Mixon, to be honest with you. And yes, Piran did have that big 41-yard screen pass, catch and run, and, and he'll get he'll spell Joe Mixon some. But now that you're down to that last game, I think you ride your, your best guy in the backfield for the most part. They've tried to give Joe a series here and there off, and I'm sure that they will here as well. But, but I'd be stunned if you don't see Joe Mixon with 25 touches in this game, whether it's, you know, the, the passes you're talking about, either check downs or let the rush get upfield and run the screen game, get him, you know, 18 to 20 touches in the run game. I'd be stunned. 
stunned if he doesn't have 25 touches in this game. I think he has to be a big part of what they do. Even if sometimes, and, and I'll give him credit, even the Kansas City game, and, and I took the Twitter during it, and, and you know, I, I, I try to be fair, but there was times when they were running on first down consistently and not having any success, and I, I think I tweeted out at one point, yes, by all means, keep running on first down when it's not working, but I think their plan was, yeah, it's not working, but we want to keep that pass rush honest, and yeah, it's putting us in second and eight and second and nine, but we still want to try to get something going on first down. We trust Joe will get us out of second and eight, which he did, Joe Burrow, um, but I, I think in this game, I think you're going to get a, a fairly heavy dose of Joe Mixon, not just as a runner, but but in the pass game as well. Richard, let's flip the let's flip sides of the field now with Cincinnati and talk about the defense. Trey Trey Hendrickson coming over from from New Orleans been tremendous all season long. He was great in that AFC Championship game, getting into the back pocket of Patrick Mahomes, seven pressures, yep. sack and a half in that matchup. Uh, but little banged up on the defensive line on the interior for the most part. Larry Ogunjobi, unfortunately, we know he's out for this game. And Sample and and Josh Tupo, he's also listed as questionable. Uh, what does that look like for the interior of the depth of the defensive line right now with the injury? status and what might we see out of that defensive front to be able to try to apply some pressure on Matthew Stafford? Yeah, they're healthier than, than, than you think in a way. You're right, Joby being out, but they've lost him in the, in the Raiders game, so they've had to deal with it for the last two games. B.J. Hill, who they got in a trade for Billy Price, of all people, who was a former first-round pick and, and just had lost his job at center, has been just unbelievable. He had the big interception in that Kansas City game where he tipped it to himself. He had that you mentioned Henderson had a, a sack and a half. He had half of that sack, you know, one of the sacks as well. Um, he's been really effective at rushing the passer. Um, so, so he and DJ Reader have been really good. I think part of it, too, is you're right. Josh Tupo has been limited the last few days in practice. He's a rotational guy that I think they, they really need him and or Cam Sample, and, and both those guys are down. I think you'll get, especially with this extra week, they, when you see him limited this week, that's probably a good sign that they're trending towards playing. So then you got your rotation at, at that position. So it's, it, it, listen, they miss Larry Ogunjobi. He was great. What a great pickup from Cleveland, um, you know, as a pass rusher and as a run stuffer and all those things. But uh, I, I think they're trending in a healthy direction at the defensive line position for sure. And, that, and that's a big part because that's where it all starts for this defense. Richard, we've got to let you go. Thank you so much for joining us once again. But before we do say goodbye, uh, what's your gut telling you right now? It's probably pretty tough to not root for the Bengals being where you are there in Cincinnati. But what's your gut telling you about this game? Who's the winner? Yeah, it is, but you're right. I, I just think that Rams pass rush, this is a Rams team that, that reminds me of the Titans with a better quarterback. And that's what makes us a tough matchup. The four and a half is a tough number. Um, you, you give me a Rams under money line parlay. I think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning that way and I hate to do it. Maybe I'll do a side Bengals plus four and a half just cause. <laughs> All right. Very good. We'll, we'll call you undecided at this point, Richard. Thanks so much, man. Have a great week. Go Bengals, buddy. All right. We'll come back with more in just a moment. Hour number one in the books, Derek Stevens and Jeffrey Benson from circus sports. Join us next right here on the pro football blitz at visa, the sports betting network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's kids safe COPPA certified. Uh 
I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At-